Well, hey. What's up? It's nice to see you guys. Hey, uh, we have the children with us. It's the fifth Sunday. We've got our uh, family Sunday today. So can we just welcome the kids that are with us today? Kids? It's great to have you here. And uh, so we're bringing Kids Church up here today. So uh, buckle up, get ready. And I just want to let you know, dads, uh, there are, we have arts and crafts, crayons, and activity pages along the back and up in the back of the balcony. So we're going to have our arts and crafts portion. Uh, let's see here. And I also have a few other things that every good children's pastor should include. All right. Kids, what is this? This is our Bible bus. That's right. Usually we don't bring it up here because it requires so many people and so much work. But I wanted to introduce you to our Bible bus. This is something that we use every Sunday, uh, usually in kids' church, and we're helping these kids become acquainted with the Word of God, to know how to find their way around the Word of God, to know uh, the power of God's truth in the Word of God, not just to memorize Scripture, but to actually internalize Scripture and how it applies to our life. Our Awana program on Wednesday night is centered around learning and internalizing the Word of God. Uh, And so uh, I wanted to bring this here because it's a familiar thing for us, but I also want to let you know what we do with our kids. And um, this morning, uh, the message is about God's Word. And I have a mission this morning to inspire and encourage each one of us to read the Bible every day. That's my mission. And... I have spent a lot of my life not doing this. I've spent a lot of my life trying to become the center of attention and not letting Jesus be the center of attention. I spent a lot of my time listening to other voices. There are many loud voices on this planet. There are many loud voices in the media. There are many loud voices. And oftentimes the true voice of God is not the loudest voice. And I also want to encourage us to bring to this place, to our community, to our church family, what we are experiencing and engaging with personally as we relate to the Word of God and our relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus and if you've never cracked the Bible open, well, by the end of today, you're going to do both. So uh, that's kind of the plan and the agenda. I just kind of want to let you know where we're going. If uh, reading God's Word is a part of your daily routine or it's something maybe you haven't done consistently in a while, then I just want to inspire and encourage you and give you a practical track to run on to start the new year. So that's my goal. That's my desire. And I'm going to speak out of my own experience about how God's Word has impacted uh, the way I live my life. And there's going to be 10 things that, I'm, that, that just inspire and excite and move me and direct my path that the Word of God gives to me and gives to us. So that's where we're headed, okay? So if I go off track, just start throwing things and I'll redirect. <clears throat> I want, to, uh, I want to pray. So let's, let's just pray and wait for a moment. I sense that there might be some, some here that, uh, that maybe one of your biggest issues is trust. Trusting a church leader, trusting a man, trusting God because you've been hurt or you've seen the failures of what people can bring. 
I want to encourage you to not put your trust in a person or a church institution or even your own patterns of thinking. But God is inviting us today together to trust the truth and the goodness of God revealed in his word to us. So this is not another have to on your Christian behavior to-do list. This is an invitation to go deeper in a richer way than you've ever experienced by engaging with the God of the universe, the, the lover of your soul, in the greatest love story ever told, the scriptures, the word of God. So Lord, would you inspire us today? Would you woo us today with your goodness and your love as we engage in your promises? Amen. All right. Man, I even getting some clapping after the prayer. Well, okay. So we got some things here. Let's see here. All right. So kids, you know where the Bible bus is. All right. And uh, uh, let's see. I don't know. Uh, Ladies, any idea where this bag is from? Yes or no? Where is it from? Okay. And men, where are the crayons? Along the back. All right, good. We got everybody included here, so everyone's got something to do today, okay? All right, good. So I just want to make sure everyone feels comfortable because God's about to make us a little bit uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, all right, that bag is full of goodies that you're just going to have to wonder about. It's those little things that keep people awake, you know? It's like, what is next? All right, yes. Well, I haven't even said anything funny yet, Debbie, so, but thank you for the warm-up. Just don't use it all early, Okay. <clears throat> Okay, a little quick review, since they let me up here every four years or so. Um, so I want to know if you remember anything that we talked about last time. So uh, I talked about sharing our faith, and that there are seven, what I called seven magic words that we can ask somebody in sharing our faith. Does anyone remember what those are? Could I say, oh my goodness, a prayer for you, thank you. And I appreciate the humility of the rest of you that just wanted to yield to the extrovert in the room, the other extrovert. Uh, um, Yes, could I say a prayer for you? I love that. Pastor Joe is wearing that shirt today. Could I, how can I pray for you? Could I say a prayer for you? Here's what, I just want to encourage you to use that. This is an awesome opportunity to share your belief in God. Here's what happens when you say, could I say a prayer for you? You're saying, I care about you. I believe in God. I believe God is here. I believe God hears our prayers. I believe God cares about you. I believe God is real and active right now and might even answer this prayer that I pray for you on your behalf because he cares about you. That's what you're saying. You don't have to tell him the whole story. You don't have to go through Bible scriptures. You could just let anybody, it could be a complete stranger that you see in need of any sort. Could I say a prayer for you? Seven words. Write them down. In four years, I'm going to ask you if you can remember them, okay? So... That's assuming this thing goes well, okay? So, all right, and something else that we've talked about, um, and I really appreciate There's been a lot of feedback and interaction over the last couple years as I just uh, came out about my uh, just struggles and occasional seasonal depression and anxiety and panic attacks and just just some of the dark things that I go through, especially in these winter months, and I kind of, some of it I do to myself, but then there's some that I just can't explain and I can't articulate, and I just want to put it in a box and solve it and give a little bullet point presentation and be done with it and just get on to my happy life. But 
That's not the way it always goes. So here we are. We're getting ready for January and February, some long, gloomy months here in the Midwest. And um, I just know that I'm not alone in, in just some of the struggle with those dark places and just some of the struggle with just the emotional unrest. And um, I know that God is good. I know that God is real. I know that God loves me. I believe in the power and the promises of his word. But we live in, a, in frail bodies in a fallen world. And sometimes uh, it's... it's it's a challenge, and we need each other. Can anyone relate to what I'm talking about right now? Okay. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, God is good, and he is faithful. And we need each other, like the paralyzed man who could not move himself to Jesus, but he had friends who were able to carry that mat to bring him to Jesus when he was too weak to do it on his own, on his own. I just want to encourage you, one of the beautiful things about church and a church family is that we don't have to do this alone. One of the temptations is to isolate ourselves when we get into that dark place because we don't have it all together and we can't figure it out and we can't articulate it and we can't just solve it. And the last thing we're looking is for somebody to fix it because there is no real solution necessarily and we just don't know what to do and we can't even think straight. You're not alone. God is with you. God is for you. And this family of Christians are here not to solve each other's problems, but to point each other to Jesus and the truth of his word. So, hang in there. Can I pray for, can I pray for us in that category? Whew. Thank you, Lord, for being good and faithful and true. Thank you for knowing what we need before we ask. Nothing takes you by surprise. And in, sometimes in those darkest of places, we, we realize that you are all that we have. And in that moment, if we allow that to take root in a deeper way inside of us, we realize that you, O Lord, are all that we need. So would you give us strength to sustain the weary? Would you let the light of Christ and the truth of your word permeate our systems so that we can have hope in you that will not disappoint? Amen. Amen. All right, thanks for hanging there. And, uh, and then the last thing I review, okay, just keep this in mind. This building is not the church. We are the church. I'm just sharing some of the stuff that we review with the kids on a regular basis. We are the church. This is God's representation to the world of his love and his power and his purpose and his plan. You and me. We get to represent Jesus. We get to represent Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. And that's a privilege. And we gather together at this the meeting house on Buckeye Road to hang out together with other believers to pursue God and all that he has for us. Okay, that's that. That's the prelim, okay? That's like the, the Netflix 30-second commercial before the episode comes on. Not that I'm going to have an episode. <laughs> not that I'm not. <laughs> okay, so uh, just going to give you a quick blasting through. The Bible gives you, that gives us some of these things, and and I'm just going to go through the quick list, and then we're going to nickel and dime our way through this awesome journey. The Bible gives us history and hope. That's what we're going to tackle first, but I'm just going to kind of give you a little prelude. Forgiveness and faith, instructions and insight, purpose and power, and wisdom and wonder. These are amazing things that God offers to us through the reality 
of the truth that is revealed in his word. Now, I'm not going to spend our time today proving to you the existence of God, uh, the validity of Jesus, and the legitimacy of Scripture. You can do uh, some searches to find out that, that's, that, that the claims are true, and I will tell you this, that that the Bible is a historically valid document. There are thousands of manuscripts and fragments that line up with one another. Even secular scholars from Bible times quoted from each book of the New Testament. Uh, the historical records of the time validate the truths of Scripture, including Jesus' birth, crucifixion, and resurrection. And all throughout the Old Testament, the first portion of the Bible... Well, kids, let's see if we can help us out here. The Old Testament. Children, you ready? You with me? Okay. The Old Testament was written when? Before Jesus was born. Yes. And the New Testament was written once Jesus was born. That is correct. It's our temptation to say after. But once Jesus was born, that's when we get the New Testament. So the Old Testament, for all of this time, God is revealing his commands, his rules for living, and he's wearing his heart on his sleeve for his people until finally he decides to wear his heart in the form of a man, his son. And then we have the representation of the Father through Jesus as Jesus comes in the New Testament. Scriptures offer us hope for everything we need. What do you, what do you need? Comfort, confidence, purpose, love, counseling, healing, care, encouragement, Whatever it is that you need, it is in the scriptures. We, my wife and I just got away to Minneapolis for a few days. It was a lot of fun, just road tripping and uh, spent some good time. It was a Christmas gift, and we were able to get away. Uh, and on the way home yesterday, we passed a fleet farm. And it says, and the, the tagline underneath fleet farm said, if we don't have it, you don't need it. And I like that, especially in light of this. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I think in the Word of God. If it doesn't have it, then we don't need it. Because the Scriptures have everything that we need for living this life and the life to come. John 6, Peter said, this is one of Jesus' key disciples, and he was a little rambunctious, which is why I like him. He's a wild card. Peter said, Lord, there is no one else that we can go to. Your words give eternal life. We have faith in you. He came to the realization after watching Jesus, after seeing him do miracles, after hearing his heart, after listening to his words, after the intimate conversations and prayers and the powerful things that he saw Jesus do, he realized firsthand there is no one else to go to. You alone have the words of eternal life. In Romans 5, Paul says, We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. My mom loves encouraging people. Her favorite book, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's called Balcony People. And it's referring to people who like sit in the... Uh, well, the figurative balcony, and they're just cheering for people. They love to cheer for others and encourage others. And my mom is a great encourager, and that's where my gift of encouragement comes from. I love seeing the good in people and seeing the plans that God has for them, often despite even kind of the mess that we find ourselves in. And my mom is so good at that. And what she does, what's great, is that uh, she will often write 
on an index card as she reads her Bible a verse Oh, that somebody needs. I know someone that's going through a hard time. I know someone that just lost someone really dear to them. I know somebody that's just wrestling with the existence of God. I know someone that just needs to be loved. I know someone that's going through a divorce. I mean, just she's, because she loves people, she knows a lot of what's going on. And because she loves God, he gives her more people to influence. And so she'll write down on these little index cards. These index cards are like magic in our family. I mean, we love our little index cards. And she'll just write a verse, and then she'll find someone, and she'll just have a little stock of them in her purse, even, not even sure who she's going to give them to. But she'll say, you know what? I think, I think God wants you to know this. And then she just kind of silently walks away and uh, just goes find someone else. But what's great about that is the pressure is off of her. She's not solving people's problems. She's not the answer person. She's pointing those who are hurting to someone who is greater than our situation, to someone in whom our hope does not disappoint. So like that verse I just read, this helps people endure. Endurance develops strength of character and hope does not disappoint for she reminds them through his word how dearly God loves them. I love it. One of the places I go to for counseling is Cross Council, and uh, I love the, the place that they, uh, the, the tagline that is there, because I've discovered this to be true. Immediate help, lasting hope, changing generations. And I love it because it is, it's, it's all focused on the truth of God's word and who he is and who we are as his children. Immediate help. Lasting hope, changing generations. A lot of us go to the scriptures or we go to a godly person in our life when there's an emergency situation and we just haven't really connected with God in a really meaningful way or church has been kind of a distant friend. Um, and, uh, but we're in a tough situation and so we're calling out the people of God that we know in our life. And you know what? There is immediate help available by the presence of God and the truth of his word. But God just doesn't want to be our 911 go-to he wants to know us. He wants to be intimate with us. He wants us to know him. He is drawing us through his spirit, by his word, into a deeper relationship with him. And God is faithful. And his word is true. And he knows that if we find immediate help long enough, that we are going to discover lasting hope if we allow those opportunities of 911 emergency help to grow deeper than our circumstance in that moment and become a way of life as we dig into who God is in a greater way. We are never going to discover who God fully is until that day that we see him face to face, but we have the opportunity to keep trying and to keep discovering more and more about who he is and what he's done, and it's awesome. So just know that there is history in the scriptures. We get to see who God is and what he's done over the years and over the centuries. We get to discover how God interacts with people, how God interacts with nations, how God interacts with his children. And we get to know from history how God reveals his heart to his people because God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's heart for people does not change, and God's heart for you and me and our situation and our life does not change. He is good. John 5 this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. 
See, reading God's word helps us to partner with God's plan, especially when we pray. A lot of times we're praying, we're just kind of hoping that, uh, I don't know, I don't know, God, if you really care about me or if this is really what you want to do, or I don't know, but here I am, I'm worthless, but maybe you'll give me a shot. Whoa, that's not praying in confidence. We can pray in confidence, not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything that he's done. If we, if we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. How do we pray according to God's will? We read the scriptures and we let it take root in our hearts and our minds and our life. That way we know more and more what God's will is so that when we pray, we are praying according to God's will. And when we, when we pray, I want God to hear me. So when I pray according to his will, I know that he hears me. And then his promise continues. When he hears us, we know that we have what we have asked. Yeah, that's the kind of prayers I want to pray. And I love when I come up here and get prayed for by some of the the prayer teams here at the end of the services that one of the first things that many of them will do will begin to quote the truths of Scripture. And they will build the foundation of prayer based on the promises of God. I want my prayers to be based on the promises of God. I want to agree with the prayers that Jesus is already praying on my behalf. I want to know what God's will is so that he can hear what I'm saying. And I will know what God's will is by being immersed in the word of God. You guys, a sermon on Sunday, a podcast here and there, hanging out with a good Christian friend for coffee, those are nice things. But they're not the meal. The meal is when we are encountering Jesus in his word, and in prayer, in our personal life together. Henry Nouwen is one of my favorite authors, and he talks about community as being a wonderful thing. He said, but too often the church sets community as like the answer, as like a mini God. And it's like, oh, community is the answer. Community is part of the answer. But the best community is when each person in that community, in that church family, in that small group, in that meeting in someone's living room, the best community is when each person in that group is finding God to be everything that they need all alone when it's just them and God. And that community takes root and has power when those people who are disciples of Jesus coming together, bringing what they have gotten from Christ in the secret place of their own life, and bringing that to the community. And that's when dynamic things can happen. And God moves in a community of people when we're not depending on that community for the answers, but we're leaning on Jesus and the promise of his word for the answers. And we're bringing the truth and the life of those things into that community. That's good community. And it's difficult to find, but it's important to create. So bring something good to the people that you're around. Don't depend on the people to be your answer. Depend on Jesus to be your answer. Everything that you need, because there's plenty of him to be given away, not just for yourself, but overflowing to everyone around you. Amen. So since I know that history of what God has done, I don't know it all, of course, and I know the hope that I have in him, his promises that will not disappoint, the hope of being with him forever, the hope of having him with me every day. Knowing the history and the hope that I live in reminds me every day that this world is not my home and my life is not my own. And if once I started living like that, and a lot of you know me, there is not much that can rattle me when this world is not my home and my life is no longer my own. Paul said to live is Christ, 
and to die is gain. You guys, I'm not ready to go, but I'm ready to go. I don't want to suffer and be tortured and none of that business, but man, if like tonight, I mean, I think I've got 50, 60 years left of punishing the devil left on this earth and encouraging people. But if God wants to take me, man, I want to live in such a way that I am ready for that at any given moment. And just imagine the power that we have when we live like today just might be our last. That's the word of God that fuels us with history and hope. Next thing is forgiveness and faith. Some of my favorite things. I should write a little song. These are a few. Okay. I feel very Mr. Beanish up here. Okay. Um, That was creepy. Okay. Uh, God showed us his love when Jesus died on the cross, and he showed us his power when he rose Jesus from the grave. God's love has been given to us freely, and he demonstrated the full extent of his love when Jesus died on the cross as a punishment that we deserve. Jesus came to pay the price that our sin and our selfishness deserve. There is no way that we could have peace with God apart from the perfect lamb of God coming to earth, shedding his blood on the cross, taking the punishment that we deserve. And three days later, God revealing his power when he rose Jesus from the grave to prove that he has power over sin and death and our eternal destiny to hell. And he's giving us that opportunity to be forgiven and to have faith in him. Not Again, not by anything that we've done, but by everything that he has done. Jesus made a way so that we can have peace with God and be right standing with him. One of the greatest miracles, I, I love this. Uh, well, I'll just say this. So this Ikea bag. I mean, I know there's other things in here, but uh, have you been to Ikea? They're popping up all over the place. I like Ikea. I, I'm intrigued by how seemingly simple it is. And then, you know, and you're just, all you do is you just follow these little illuminated arrows on the floor, you know, and you just keep going into this retail labyrinth of doom, you know, and... Um, if there was ever a fire and I was in the middle of that labyrinth, I have no idea where I would go. That would be, that would be my final hour, I'm sure. And then the moment you want to like go back and look at something, there is a wall of people in yellow saying, can I help you? <laughs> Meaning, don't diss the arrow. Keep going. <laughs> okay. No, you can't help me. And uh, I like buying things from Ikea. They really do a lot with their packaging. I mean, you can get like a whole bedroom set in in like a package that's like this big and it weighs like 400 pounds. It's amazing. Like the packaging is incredible. And a lot of times when I come home from Ikea, I just felt like, you know, they might as well have just given me, you know, some pine trees and a bag of nails and uh, because I've got the instructions that are in another language and I'm really not sure what to do with it anyway. I just know that it's heavy and the packaging is really special. Well, I'll tell you what, the Word of God is not unlike an Ikea instruction manual. Uh, we can have all the right pieces, but unless we're following the instructions they, they, the way they were meant to give in, step by step, it's just going to be random pieces that are not going to give us power. The instructions give you power to actually produce what was meant to be produced. The Word of God gives us power for God to produce in us what He was hoping and planning to produce inside of us. God wants to use you. God wants you to know that you matter. You, you have value. 
You, not only that, but God sees greatness in you. And again, I'll say it again. It's not by anything that you've done, but it's by everything that he has done. God sees the greatness that is in his son so that when we align our hearts and ask him to forgive us and we follow his word, there is great potential inside each one of us as we get to represent Jesus in this earth, in our daily lives. And that is very pleasing to God and very powerful for those around us. I love... Oh, I love lots of things. Okay, sorry. Um, <clears throat> John eight thirty one. Jesus told the people who had faith in him. He said, if you keep on obeying what I have said, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Being forgiven by Jesus through faith in Christ, trusting that he exists and that he came to do what he said he was going to do. That gives us peace that passes our understanding. The Word of God says being justified by faith. So we are justified. We are, it was just as if we had never sinned, even though all of us have sinned. And the Word is very clear. All of us have sinned, and we all fall short of God's glory and God's presence. And the wages of that sin, what we earn for that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God, has, God knows our dire condition. He knows our emptiness and separation without a cure. So he provided the cure. So being justified by faith, we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom also we have access, we have access to God by faith into his grace and his favor where we now stand. That's a lot of words, Um, but it's a lot of good news. God wants us to be right with him, but God is perfect, and he cannot handle sin and selfishness in his presence because he is a perfect and holy God set apart. So he sent Jesus, his sinless son, 100% God, 100% man, to relate to us, to suffer and endure the hardships of this life while being sinless so that Jesus was able to pay the punishment that we deserve as a perfect lamb of God for our sins so that we could be made right with God just as if we had never sinned because of what he has done on our behalf. You guys, that is good news and that is the hope of our eternal life is that Jesus came to do what we couldn't do in ourselves. I think I just need to pray for some of us right now because this is going to make a lot more sense if you really embrace what Jesus has done for you. So here's what's up. Jesus came to this earth to be the way to God that we couldn't create ourselves. God made us perfect, and the very first people that he created messed it up. And here we are, the great, 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 great grandkids of sinful Adam and Eve. And we are destined for an eternity separated from God, isolated, darkness, and pain. And God's like, I don't want that. That's not what I created. I created people to have free will. And I want to create a way that they can come back to me. But their sin separates them from me, so I'm going to send my son to not only show them the way, but to be the way. Jesus came to show us the way to the Father and to become the way for the Father, for, to the Father. When I finally asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin and to chart my course towards God, 
my purpose changed. It's not that I didn't stop struggling. It's not that my life became perfect. But it's because, but, but in that moment, God began partnering with me because I made a way for him to do so. And I have more purpose, greater purpose, final purpose than I've ever had before. So I want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus or if you're just not quite sure and you just want that purpose, you want to be forgiven, you don't want to be separated from God forever, you want to know that Jesus is the way and you want to let him be that way for you. So I'm going to ask at this moment if you would mind just closing closing your eyes. So here's, here's, here's how I'm going to do this. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer asking God to forgive us, thanking him for the cross, and helping us with fresh purpose as God's children. And so I'm going to pray that in little bits. And if you want to pray that with me or for yourself, do it. And if you've prayed a prayer like this and you kind of know what this is about and you, you know God, help us. Help those of us that are doing this maybe for the first time or we're coming back today. So here we go. We're going to pray. Super simple. I'll start. Dear God, Thank you for loving me. I've made a lot of mistakes. And I'm sorry. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth and making a way to God. Please forgive me. I want to be God's child. I want to walk with you. Amen. And you know, Big Christian word for that is being saved. It's God's saving us. It's God's rescuing us. Jesus is God's savior for us. He is the one. He is the true rescue hero. And uh, he is the one that came so that you and I could have purpose in God's big plan. And that's good news because we don't have to do it in our own strength. It's partnering with him and his strength. Forgiveness and faith. Wow. Wow. Reading the Bible on a daily basis gets us in tune with how much we need to be forgiven and how great of an opportunity our faith affords us to do great things for God. All right, another one, instructions and insight. The Bible gives us instructions and insight. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. That's... Kind of like, sounds like us with our kids, right? You know, hey, if you love me, do what I say. Uh, Jesus isn't putting his commandments out there as things that are just grueling and prove your love by what you do for me. No, it's an opportunity. He knows that we're hard of hearing. He knows that we're weak and frail. He knows that we're prone to sin and selfishness and isolation. So he's giving us commandments so that we can find the path to what pleases him. And he knows that he has our best interests in mind for his glory and his purposes. So obeying his commandments isn't a have to, it's a get to. It's an opportunity. And I spent a lot of time loving God but not obeying his commandments. So I'm wondering if I really loved him. And you know what? I just kind of stayed ignorant of his commandments. I didn't read my Bible very much because I didn't want to know what his commandments are because once I knew it, then I'd have to do it and I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to love him on my terms. I wanted Jesus to be my savior and to rescue me, and to help me, and be my immediate help, and my 911 call, and my happy feeling, jump up and down and worship, but God's not concerned with how high we worship, but it's how straight we walk when we come down. 
Jesus was my Savior, but not my Lord. I wanted to know, like Paul, I wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, but I was hesitant to also know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Ooh, I want to know the good stuff, not the hard stuff. On our way home from Minneapolis yesterday, I was just kind of in a fussy mood. Maybe because maybe I didn't want to come home yet. I was enjoying some time away. And Sarah was just like, you good? I said, I'm just fussy. I said, you know what? My two favorite things. I like being comfortable and in control. And I said, I just feel like those are getting threatened. And I said, I just, I don't want to go home yet. I just don't feel like I'm in control. And it was rainy and getting dark and I wasn't comfortable. I was hungry. Give it up, little boy. How many of us like to be comfortable and in control? Yes. Yes. I'm starting a support group in about 20 minutes. At Culver's. (laughs) If you're going to have a support group, you might as well have a butter burger there, right? You know... Sometimes God's word tells us things that we don't want to hear, but the more we know Jesus, the more we want to hear it because the more we're becoming like him and the more we embrace becoming like him. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. This is in John 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. That's the deal. He doesn't want to call us servants. See, servants serve because they have to. Friends serve because they want to. It's kind of fun around our, our church staff here. Uh, there's a lot of hidden serving that goes on. But we don't serve each other because we have to or we're trying to earn something. We just serve each other because we're friends and we want to. There's times in my office I'll, I'll know that Pastor Greg has been there because he'll leave a little treat for me or he'll, he'll have something for me or he'll... he'll He'll hear me out in the hall and he'll be like, Dave, come in here. And he'll open up his bag of Reese's peanut butter cups and he just knows that that's, that's my immediate help. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's my gateway to the eternal hope. But um, that probably wasn't too true, but uh, we can edit that. Um, <clears throat> Pastor Derek and I, something that we enjoy is uh, when one of us is just having a stressful day, the other one will just come over and, without even asking or, and we'll just start massaging the other guy's back. And it's just like, I know it sounds creepy, but just imagine Pastor Derek and I in a room with all of those words and add a massage to the mix. Yeah, you just lost your appetite, I know. Okay. Uh, But it's just something we do. And it's just a way that we serve each other, not because we have to, but because we're friends. And, uh, you know, and we do things for Pastor Tom, not to get brownie points, but because it is our delight as his friend to ease his burden so that he can hear from God and lead us well. And that's how Jesus wants to invite us into this relationship, not as servants, but as friends. The scriptures say, uh, this is what Jesus said in response to the intense temptation of the enemy. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The words that come from the mouth of God are written in the scriptures, and they are for our good and his glory. Paul says in Romans, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, like the prayers, how are we going to know what God's will is unless we know what his word says? So I have a gas can here. Um, 
This gas can, uh, it holds gas, like some of you. And uh, <clears throat> now, it may not be fashionable, but it's solid. Not like IKEA. It may not be solid, but it's fashionable, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brett Hollis was here a couple weeks ago. Some of us got to see him here. He did a comedy show and a um, great friend of mine. But we were driving. We went down to the Harley Davidson Museum in, in Milwaukee one day, and on our way back, it was, just, it was just great. We were having a great time, and I had, we were going somewhere else, and I had the GPS on my phone, and I just kind of had it right up there. Um, so that I could see it, so I wouldn't have to look all around to find it. You know, it was right there, and, and it was just great. So we had our whole day planned out, and we're going, like, on all these different adventures and stuff, and GPS is just taking us there, and it was just so fun. And we're just cruising down 94, and, um, uh, and he's like, how's your battery in your, in your phone? So he takes the phone out and starts to charge it, and the phone was covering up the gas gauge. We are below empty, and the, the, I've never even seen my fuel thing blink before, but it, it's like saying I have negative 12 miles left on this tank. And we are in between Delafield and Johnson Creek, and we're just like, oh, we were, we were up Johnson's Creek, let's say, in more ways than one. And uh, we were able to make it to the truck stop to get some fuel. And uh, you know what? But here's the thing. We were so concerned about our adventure and where we were going that we didn't realize that we almost ran out of gas to get there. And so many of us, we want to do great things for God and we want to do great things and fight for great causes and stand for great things. But if we're not fueling ourselves with daily time in God's presence through his word and in prayer, then we're not going to have the fuel that we need to get there. And we're we're going to be so focused on where we're going that we forget to fuel our souls to have what we need to get there. Don't let that happen. Well... God's promises are the fuel for our life. Mark 12, 24, Jesus said, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. I don't want to make a mistake when it comes to the knowledge and the power of God. I don't want to avoid any longer what the word of God says in hopes that it might compromise my comfortable, controlled life. And you guys... If you want to follow God, if you want God to do what he wants to do in and through your life, if you want God to restore your marriage, your family, if you want the gifts and the talents that God has given you to be used to their fullest extent without any guilt or shame, then you need to know what God is saying. You need to stand on the truth and the promises of his words and know Jesus every day. He is the fuel for our life. When we steer from Scripture, the messes that we make multiply quickly. And there's a lot of cleanup that needs to be done when that happens. I'm still dusting a few things off. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, don't drift from Scripture. It is our lifeline. And don't stay ignorant of what it says any longer because it's God's gift to you to live the life that he has designed for you to live. If you love me, he says, you will obey my commands. That is not a have to. That is an opportunity. Well, his word gives us purpose and power. 
our Awana, key verse. Awana is our Wednesday night kids program, kids club. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Awana, approved workers are not ashamed. A-W-A-N-A. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah. Um, So, God wants to fill our lives with his purpose and his power. Not our comfort and our control. Because he's got a hope-filled adventure that is marked out for us who want to follow him and get on that adventure. And that hope that we have in him will not disappoint. Finally, I love the wisdom and the wonder that we find in God's word. So I have, we had a van, a big van, called her Big Mama. We called it Big Mama, I don't know. Um, And I wanted to show my kids how to counter-steer in a snowstorm. So I thought, just being a good steward of my future drivers in my family, that I would go to this icy parking lot while they were sitting in the back seat and their devices. And I would start (laughs) testing to see how this rear-wheel drive vehicle would handle. And all of a sudden, the kids were like, what's going on? Whoa, my heart, whoa. And, and I, we were having a really good time until one turn that I took, I, I saw my kids pass me, you know. <laughs> and, I'd been like, and all of the counter steering could not recalibrate that move. And we slid off of the ice into a bare patch and our van just came to a screeching, jolted stop and our kids, you know, good thing they were buckled because dad didn't really have a plan. Um, I'm kind of a ready, fire, aim guy, in case you haven't noticed. Well, once I straightened my glasses and got everything back and made sure my kids were alive, first thing I did was say, don't tell mom. Then I started the vehicle. Thankfully, the vehicle started, but something happened to the power steering pump that got jolted, and this thing would not steer. I mean, like, in order to get out of the parking lot, I was like... Remember our deal? Don't tell mom. Okay, so we finally get... And here's the thing. We're out of town. So I have to go find a mechanic that I don't know and try to keep this from Sarah. So we're driving to there. I said, yeah, I think it's a good time to get an oil change. Let me just come over here. We'll see if we can... Oh, look, there's a firestone. I just thought I'd take this turn wide, honey. That vehicle started and moved, but it was not easy without that power steering. You know what? The power of God is available to us through his word, and our life is just going to be difficult to steer without trusting in the promises and the power of God that he offers us in his word. And we aren't going to know exactly what those are unless we discover it for ourselves in the Word. Now, coming to church service, hearing messages that are from the Bible, this is wonderful. This is a great place to be. This is a great meal that we can share together as a family. But just on behalf of us as pastors, you'll make our job a lot easier if you're feeding yourself on a daily basis in the Word of God. (laughs) I made a decision this year. I stopped trying to solve people's problems. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. 
she's been to 20 sessions of counseling with me. She's like, thank you for stopping wasting my time. No. Uh, <laughs> instead, I have immersed myself into, the, into prayer and the scriptures. And now what I have for people is wisdom. And it's not my wisdom. It's the scripture. And you guys, if you have people that are hurting in your life, it's wonderful to realize that their emergency is not your crisis. And you don't have to have a presentation or a solution to everyone's problems. But actually to give wisdom and truth from Scripture, to point them to the one who does have the answer to their problems, to point them to the one who does offer hope that doesn't disappoint. That's what we can do. And then what they do with that information is not our responsibility. So, history and hope. The Bible gives us forgiveness and faith, instructions and insight, purpose and power, wisdom and wonder. I mean, I would just love to talk about all I mean, if you ever want to Talk about how awesome the Word of God is. It has changed my life, and it gives me reason and purpose and confidence and anointing and so much more to do what God has made me to do, and it's the same for you. And many of you have already discovered that, but it's God's gift. All right, so here's... Can, I, can, the, can the band come back up here? Somebody don't like the music. No. <laughs> All right. By the way, I love how your kids are filled with wonder and they're hungry for wisdom. Your kids are amazing and I get to be with them week in and week out and they're just filled with pure wonder. What if? What's next? They have no thoughts about God might choose to not answer us. Well, we'll just keep praying. And they are hungry for wisdom. They want to know what God has in store for them and it's so great to be part of that. And... I appreciate you entrusting them into our care. So I want to give you a very practical response here. First of all, follow the instructions. Uh, Make sure that you're paying attention to, uh, to your gas gauge. Don't just be so concerned about where you're going and what you're doing for God that you forget to let him fill you with the truth and the promises of his word. And let him steer you. But do it with grace, knowing that you can have confidence and knowing what he's asked you to do and what his will is so you don't have to do all the hard work. God's really good at his job. Hard work is not hard for him. But we make it hard when we carry more than we should. Okay, there are three basic steps. Reading the Bible every day. I hope you'll do it. Starting January 1st. What what the heck? Why not? Make a plan. I'm going to do it. Find a place. Think about where you might be able to do that. What's a good spot in your home? What does that look like? Just think about that and come up with an idea of when that's going to happen, when your plan is going to happen and where it's going to happen. Make a plan, find a place, and then do your part. Just do it. A lot of times our New Year's resolutions fail, but it's not because of logistics. It's really because of determination. Because we do what we want to do, and we spend money on what we want to spend money on, and we spend our time on what we want to spend time on. But if this is something that means something to you, and you want to grow deeper and richer in your own relationship with Jesus and his word, then take this challenge, not as a have to, but as a get to. And if you order now, I have developed, I just created this this week, uh, it's a Facebook group. And I'm calling it Genesis in January. And I just want to encourage you, if you, this is something that interests you to try, get out your phone right now. 
and just join the group. It's, so far, it's me and my wife. And we're going to read one chapter of Genesis each day in January. There's 31 days in January. There's more chapters than that in Genesis, but we're going to start reading the first 31 chapters of Genesis, one a day. And what's this group all about? It's just a way where we're going to encourage each other. Hey, it's January 7th. Let's read Genesis 7. You know what? This is what I got out of this. And it's just an interactive opportunity for us to taste and see that the Lord is good and see that through the meal that we experience together in his word. So if you're already reading your scriptures and you already have a plan, that's great. Um, You're still welcome to join Sarah and I in this quest. But it's just Genesis and January. We're just going to, we just, my wife just said, well, don't just tell everyone what to do without giving them a plan and an opportunity to do it. So if that's something you want to do, join the party. It will change your life. And anyone can do something for 31 days. And let's just see where that takes us. Would you stand with me, please? God, I am so glad for your word. I am so glad for your church. And I'm so thankful for the people that you've put in our lives to encourage us and inspire us. Lord, these are all good gifts, and every good and perfect gift comes from above. And we just want to, we, we simply want to honor you and thank you for that. Would you chart our course with a fresh foundation grounded in your word so that we would have something greater in our revelation of Jesus and something greater to give the world around us. Thank you for the hope in Christ that does not disappoint. And thank you for coming to do the work that we couldn't do in our own. We love you, God. Amen. All right, we're going to sing a song. If you want to hang around, we also have, if you've got kids, this is your time to go get them before Jan Babbler fires me. We also have ministry teams if you want to get prayed for up here. So uh, enjoy the day. Down with the lions. Go Packers. God bless you guys.